We know that our kids can be safe when in school, by the way. That's why I believe schools should remain open. We provided the states with 130 billion, with a B, billion dollars to specifically keep our students safe and schools open. Funding for ventilation, ventilation systems in the schools, social distancing in classrooms, even larger classrooms. We also back then included an additional $10 billion for testing for schools. That money went out to the states. So I encourage the states and school district to use the funding that you still have to protect your children and keep the schools open. We have been very uh, clear publicly and privately that we want to see schools open, uh, that the president fought for additional assistance in the American Rescue Plan, $130 billion, including $5 billion that went to Illinois, $10 billion that went to testing across the country to ensure we were prepared and had resources needed uh, to address whatever may come up in the pandemic. But we are having these conversations. We are in regular touch with them, uh, both the mayor and the governor, uh, and we'll continue to see how we can assist from here. The president's view is to uh, that schools should be open across the country, and more than 95% are across the country. That the mental health impact on kids of not having schools open is is very harsh and hard, and he does not want to see schools closed across the country. I will not allow them to take our children hostage. I will not allow them to compromise the future of this generation of CPS students. That is not going to happen. We want our students and our teachers and our staff back on Friday. Anybody who does that will be paid. That those who do not, we will not pay. We will not pay you for an unlawful unilateral strike. Oakland Unified says about 500 teachers called out sick today. That's two and a half times higher than a normal day. Many of those teachers protested in front of the district office. I agree that the best learning happens in schools, but I don't feel safe at work right now. Teachers say the district is not doing enough to protect them from the latest COVID surge. It's so painful and nobody, it seems like nobody cares. It's kind of like we're being thrown away out to the wolves to fend for ourselves. They want weekly PCR tests for teachers and students. KN95 masks for staff and students. Right now, the masks are only for staff and they want paid COVID leave. We are hoping that our demands are met as soon as possible so that we can be back in school with our students. The district spokesman says yes, they're working to meet all those demands. The district says the sick out was disruptive for families that needed to look for daycare with such short notice. When you do this, uh, you, you create problems for our families uh, and, and you potentially create uh, more dangerous circumstances for, for our kids. I am certain that there will be students at my school on Monday that are infected with COVID-19. Well, it certainly would help if the vast majority of students are vaccinated. We know that there is herd immunity, that when people are vaccinated, it reduces their individual risk of contracting COVID. And therefore, if all you're surrounded with are vaccinated people, then the chance of COVID propagating in that setting also decreases too. But you don't need vaccine mandates in order for schools to be low risk. If you yourself are vaccinated and you're also wearing a mask, that's a lot 
lot of layers of protection. Would it be nice if everybody were vaccinated? Sure. Would it be nice if there were great ventilation and, and, and rapid testing that's available every day? Of course, I would love to be in an environment like that as well. I'm sure everybody would for the purposes of their own work or their kids' schools. The thing is, though, we cannot keep on waiting for perfect. Our school conditions are not safe right now. The statistics, the amount of cases that we have are just, there are so many people sick and our mayor is not doing enough to protect us. I hope that the DOE learns to, you know, you know, decides to actually take action on a lot of the problems at their schools. Like schools throughout the city have really bad ventilation, which obviously really bad ventilation can contribute to many problems, especially with COVID-19. And especially even though the Omicron virus is milder, there are a lot of people that are Im immunocompromised in our homes throughout the city. And they're not a minority, they're actually, you know, very prevalent. If our teachers aren't here, what are we supposed to do? You know, learn ourselves? We get packed into this auditorium, no classwork to do, and we're all just stuck in this enclosed space for like class periods at a time. I feel like the first word that comes to mind is fear. Having that premonition in the back of my mind that I might just get COVID today is just really bothers me. Safety shouldn't be an option. It should be a right. The governor, as well as his administration, all think that in-person learning is the only method for education. I can't help but to disagree with that. And I believe we're doing the right thing for our children, having them in the safest place, and that is in the school building. Welcome to Journeys in Podcasting. As you have just heard in the previous clips, this is a crisis session. Omicron spikes and school openings. Today, I'm talking to two students, high school sophomores Eileen and Jimena, about their advocacy for safety in schools in Oakland, California. Schools, you've probably noticed, have been caught in the crossfire between politics, economy, and pandemic. So what happens when it is the students who demand safer schools during COVID? Hi, my name is Eileen. I'm a sophomore at Met West High School. Hi, my name is Jimena. I am a, also a sophomore at, at Met West. First of all, let's just talk about your last week. What has been really different since you've come back after the, uh, after the winter break? I think the biggest difference is there's, there isn't a, as many students as there was before break. Some classes only have two to four students inside of them. We, because of that same reason, we also can't like keep learning or moving forth with our like the things that we should be getting like taught. So that's the biggest um, change. How has the conversation changed? I've been reading a little bit on what students are posting on Reddit and what students are saying in other parts of the country. Was COVID part of your conversation that you guys talked about amongst yourselves before the break? What's changed now? I think we always knew that COVID was present and that there was definitely like still some cases, but I think it was much more of a concern seeing like the effects after winter break and seeing like how much it was actually impacting us. And it's not just like something that like it's starting to be like, it gives me like a lot of like the vibes that we got when COVID first came out, when like everyone was like worrying and stuff mm -hmm. and like the classes were small and everyone was getting sick. It gives me a lot of like memory to that. Kind of like deja vu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Can you think back to the last week that, since you've been back at school and think of your scariest or most emotional moment since you've been back and tell me about that? Um, I think the most emotional like 
like thing that happened out of school was that there there is this moment where uh, a teacher and a and one of the administrators, uh, like the vice principal, they did get in an argument about COVID and how a student did not feel comfortable with uh, the vice principal taking her mask off. It did get into a bit of argument and no one was agreeing with the vice principal because she was in the wrong. She shouldn't have been taking her mask off and all the students are in support of the teacher. We really, we really just want to keep all, all of us safe. Have you guys had all of your classes? Are they are teachers not showing up? What's the COVID situation look like as far as people not showing up to school? Oh, okay. it's mostly kind of just like the students not showing up. There has been some teachers that haven't been showing up, and there's like no substitutes to cover them. Oh, and like we haven't been able to like learn anything. Oh, also when it comes to uh, our schedules, there was only like one person who it like got who had to do all the work and usually a schedule takes like months and months to create for a whole school and she only had a few weeks to do she it. She had one week. She had one week to do it and you know some of the kids are like missing periods so they would have to be put into like IWT which is just a class where you could just do extra work. It's a or, free period. It's basically a free period and like some people are missing some but we just it's too much work for just one person. How did this petition get started? I've, I've seen in the news that teachers have done a sick out. I don't know if that affected your school, but I know other Oakland schools had had that as well. And then I noticed that the teachers have um, demands and we'll get into yours uh, in a second as well. But how did this get started? Who so, started it and how did it evolve? This, goes, this is actually very... Um, last week, um, on Monday, it was kind of like brought up kind of like what ways we could like do like something about like the rising cases. And then I was on the FaceTime with her and then I was like, well, we should boycott school mm -hmm. or do something of that sort. And then Tuesday, once I came back to class, um, Miss Lennon, uh, one of our teachers, they told us like someone was signing a petition at the other campus. And we were like, oh, maybe we should start one of them. Yeah. And then basically the only difference between our petition was that we didn't want it just to be our school, but we wanted it to be all schools across the district. Mm -hmm. And that's when we were, because it's not just affecting us. I have friends from other schools who are all saying like the classes are very low, like it's not safe. We're, we aren't getting, like, let know that there's been, like, a positive case till, like, four, three days after. Mm -hmm. And then those students are still going to school, and they're infecting more kids. So then that's when we were like, okay, the district isn't doing anything for our safety. And it's time to take things into our hands and do something for us, oh, ourselves. As well as um how before winter, well, during winter break, we kept, so many people kept getting messages saying to like check in your at home test, COVID test, but no one. I, I there was like maybe like one or two of like different schools that got in it, but like no one got COVID test. Yeah, I get it. So then, how did it spread from there? Um, I I have your letter right in front of me. I'm not sure how you guys drafted it, but it's well written um, <laughs> and the, the points are very clear. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read a part of it right now. It, this is to the superintendent and the school board. This letter is to inform you that OUSD students are not comfortable going to school with the rising cases of COVID-19. There's a lot of concerns regarding safety measures and how to protect us from COVID-19, especially the highly contagious Omicron variant. 
We must go back to distance learning until the cases go down. In order to ensure a safe learning environment, we demand you give us KN95 or N95 masks and weekly PCR testing. If these demands are not met, we will be striking by not attending school. We will be striking until we get what we need to be safe. And then you go on to list the, the ways that it's not safe. Um, there's no, like you said, there's no COVID testing. Uh, the tests are not arriving to the homes. Um, there are no masks. And you mentioned a designated space for people to eat safely, no access to weekly PCR tests, desks are not spaced far enough apart, and there's no sub -co coverage for when teachers are sick. And then the demands are that you shift to in-person, uh, that you go shift from in-person learning to online learning, access to masks, a two-week PCR and rapid test for everyone on campus, and meet in outdoor spaces um, safely when it rains. You have quite a few signatures collected. I actually did a count, this was a couple of days ago, but I, I compared it to the number of students at your school, and it looks like you guys, at least on, on my count, had about one-fourth of your school already signed as far uh, as students. I think, um, I think now today there's over 700 students on there. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, that's definitely an increase from, from when, I, when I counted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's about 700 um, students on there. I think a lot of the signatures are from our campus and we're starting to like spread to the other campus. I know, um, um, but yeah. And th then again, we're like a pretty small school, so it's not- like, A lot of the signatures on there are met, are our school met West, Oakland High, Oakland Tech, Skyline, Skyline. Castlemont, Fremont High School. Yeah. yeah. These are other Oakland schools in the These are all other OUSD. like OUSD, Oakland Unified School District. There's even like some middle schools yeah. who are also joining in. Are you guys watching what's going on in other parts of the country? Are there any social media connections with other walkouts and protests? Or is this all homegrown? This is pretty much all kind of like we started off, we started it and we're like slowly reaching out. We're, we're planning a sick out this, uh, this Thursday. Thursday. Uh, we're working for a protest with Youth versus Apocalypse. And we're kind of like, we're like, kind of like spreading it everywhere, but mostly it's like kind of like based off here. Uh, we've gotten a few emails of people reaching out that they want to do this in their own district, like from Florida. We got one from like New York and we just think it's amazing how it's all spreading. People are also yeah. wanting to fight for their safety. Yeah. You know, uh, in the time that I was waiting for us to connect, I was actually reading an article in Politico magazine from a, a parent who's of an Oakland school um, and the parent organizing has been very, they've become advocates for school openings. Have you all gotten a lot of any response from parent groups? What has the feedback been like? Uh, well, the feedback, we haven't gotten too much, but there was, I think our school held like a meeting last night. My dad actually joined it. He, it was just basically parents talking about the concerns and what they could do about it, just sharing. I see you have bi-weekly school board meetings. Are you guys, do any students attend those to voice your concerns or are those just for um, parents? Um, some students from other schools will be attending and we're working with those students to also get our points across. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there will be students attending. Have you guys thought of publishing or writing or spreading your word to uh... more? So I think my sister, uh, she's also at the school, she's an 11th grader, she was talking about maybe reaching out to people and talking about how it feels to be a student at school during all of this happening. And I would love 
like we've been getting a few interview requests uh, about all of this happening, and yeah, we're just planning to like spread it out there, making sure people know what's happening, making sure like it's all clear to them. We're also thinking of like taking videos of like the empty classrooms, mm -hmm. the empty um, hallways. The district allegedly uh, ordered new um, seatings for us to eat outside. Our seatings have not been replaced. They're we're, even broken. They're broken. <laughs> like we could literally pick it up. So we're planning on like doing stuff like that to like see like oh the district is saying something, but their actions aren't meeting up with that. It's complete lies. Yeah. Your movement is been cited in multiple news articles that I've read. Well, we've been approached by Cron4 and we just got... We just got an email that someone from Teen Vogue was trying to interview us. What about your own micro-publishing um, outside of creating the Google Doc and spreading that around? Um, how do you guys get the word out to other students? Well, uh, social media. Social media <laughs> is like your best friend. Instagram. <laughs> um, we started by like posting and then telling... Uh, like I know like she'd post it and someone else would repost it and then I would repost it and like kind of just like that ongoing thing of reposting till mm -hmm. it got to like other schools and I messaged out like some friends that I hadn't even talked to like in five years I was like hey can you please sign this and send this <laughs> to your friends and that's how we got it around. What is your your own parents like what have your experiences been when you told your mom and dad that you were thinking about doing this have they been supportive uh, what has that conversation been like? Well, for me, my parents are really supportive. They're like, wow, I, I did not expect like for you to get all this attention and all. And they're just like, as long as you're safe and you're doing and like you're making sure like everything's true, you're fact checking everything. You just really hope it, it, it does succeed because my dad, he's he's a big advocate for trying to help us. Um, go with yours. <laughs> for me, at first, I was like, oh, it's a teacher's thing. But then I like I did have to tell them. I was like, I'm organizing it. And then they were a little shocked at first, but then they were like, they like were supportive. They just told me like to always be careful, like to always like double check your facts. Um, don't just like take a decision out of impulse and but yeah, they're like proud that like we're doing something. <laughs> yeah, and they like be bragging it to their friends and stuff. <laughs> but yeah. Is this the first time you guys have participated in a protest or a sit-out or um well we've gone to climate change protests. We've gone to like three of them, but this is our first time organizing one. I think like one time mm -hmm. when we went to a climate strike, there was a lady who was like in charge, she gave me this like indigenous woman staff thing. It was mm -hmm. only for women to carry it and like women couldn't be on the periods. And then she was like, oh, can you carry it? And I was like, yeah, sure. But then she put me right in front mm -hmm. to lead the strike. And I oh was yeah, like, we leaded a strike in Sacramento, a climate change strike, yeah. And it was like, out of nowhere, I was like, I have to be in the front, I have to lead. <laughs> Your superintendent, I looked her up. She was educated in Oakland schools and um, she taught in Oakland schools and then she worked her way up to being superintendent in Oakland. Her introduction video on her homepage starts with the words of expressing pride in Oakland's equity and belief in social justice. What do you want her to hear from you right now? Superintendent is not someone. That we you have know. like a main thing directed. To just her? just yeah. to her, I think it's just like the whole district board and 
yeah, it's nothing like directed directed to her because yeah. we personally don't know her, but but just since she's like the big like more like mm-hmm. empower, I feel like that's why like we're sending it to her. Oh, because basically we just like want them to like hear us and to like not just like be having empty promises and stuff. I also I read uh I read a bit of her like on the website and I was kind of confused like how is how is she the person who like came from from being a teacher and built her way all the way up and she's letting this happen yeah and then she's a social justice um person and she they aren't supporting us so it just doesn't make sense oh uh, sometimes people <laughs> just say things when it's convenient for them as well so um, i guess what is the thing that you would like this the, the board maybe not just her but the whole board and the other parents what is the thing you want them to understand the most and what would you like to see happen next understand i guess um put our safety first instead of the money yeah Mm -hmm. like i said and i'm gonna repeat it a lot of kids are like um missing out so you're still losing money but not only are you losing money you're also putting our lives at risk and our education at risk yeah cool that's a excellent statement i think for us to end our conversation on <laughs> um, do you want to say anything else or um oh i think um i'm part of the student uh well school site council where i get to be like included in where all the budgets are happening and they i got like message this one like message to like schedule a meeting and it's basically with like some of the teachers and the principal of our school and I think she got scared and she canceled the meeting. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. You would like a rescheduling of this meeting? I would really, I would really like a rescheduling. <laughs> well, believe me, a lot of people are watching these student-led protests just because um, we as teachers often, you know, we do what we're told and often we, you know, have to comply with things. We, we may not agree with it. You know, like you, you go to classrooms and you, you teach, but you know that there's COVID in the air, um, but you, you do it anyway. But when it comes from the students, it's something very different. And so I think that's why a lot of people are interested in hearing your ideas. A student strike is very different than a teacher strike. And cool. I think just, just like, we aren't gonna be giving up anytime soon until they give us what we want. Even if that takes months, <laughs> well, so be it. Cause this isn't just for us, but this is, for the younger kids and the generations before us that if they still have to live through COVID. So this isn't just a couple years. It's not just for us, it's for everyone. So we won't stop. We're not just some kids messing around. Yeah. We're, we're taking this head, head first. This session was recorded on January 11th. Hopefully over the next couple of weeks, the Omicron spikes will subside as quickly as they rose evidence of wastewater studies in Boston has already hinted at that. A note on the podcast, it has been dormant for about a year, but there are new sessions being edited already and some that are soon to be recorded. Currently, sessions are available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so stay tuned, there'll be more. Okay, if you're a teacher, student, admin, parents out there, be safe, communicate your concerns to your community, We'll all get through this.